Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is October 13th, 2021, and we are excited to be speaking with our family tonight. We are proud of the family of God that he has placed us in in this body. That's right. We are proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with men such as Elder Johnny Dane, Elder John. Adam Cora, yeah. Marlon Sosa, yeah. and Mr. Paul McAwick, yeah. and so many more. Yeah. As we grow in maturity as, as, as one unified priesthood, the biggest blessing, mm. I mean the, the most ginormous, enormous blessing, blessing. tonight, the biggest blessing of tonight is that we get to do this with the brother who knows how to carry some serious weight. Oh. Talking about Spencer McClain. Oh. Hey, look, the, no, the blessing's all mine, guys. <laughs> See, when we preached with, with Pastor Peyton Parsons, they called us double stuff Oreo. But tonight, we the mega stuff tonight. <laughs> now you see why this blessing's all mine, brother. Look, were you guys... <laughs> Were you guys blessed by Sunday's message, uh, Permanent Mark? Yeah. But we learn that that weighty presence of the Lord is meant to leave a permanent mark on each and every one of us. That's right. And the generations after us to come. The mark of his glory resting upon us shows us that we cannot be made victims into any circumstances. Amen. But rather we drive out the opposition because we know to whom we belong. Amen. As we carry his presence together as one body tonight. We bear the marks of Christ. Amen. Our suffering serves to bring life to one another, and it brings glory to the king. Amen. Glory to our king. Hallelujah. Man, speaking of sufferings that are ours, you guys want to jump straight into the word? Yeah. All right, Revelation chapter 1. Let you get there. As you're turning there, say there. If you're there, say there. Yeah. Revelation chapter 1, pick it up in verse 9, says this. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Man, do you guys remember on Monday night in Foundations when Pastor Nick closed with this exact same scripture? Yeah. Man, did it hit you like lightning when he did? It did me. Did you also hear in, in Revelation 1, John taken the extreme ownership by saying this very words that are ours do you guys see that yeah. they're ours. ours church this is the same attitude that we want to take tonight and we want to set this precedent as onset and we want to speak to you guys as our family that the patient endurance and the sufferings and the kingdom are ours together in Christ. They cannot Amen. be taken from us. Amen. You guys want to know the title of the sermon tonight? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. The title of tonight's sermon is, Hey, don't take my seal. Come on. Say that with us. Hey, hey. don't take my seal. Don't take my seal. Amen. Let's turn to Isaiah 54, verse 17. Say, hey. Don't take my seal as you get there. <laughs> All right, we'll work on it. We're working on it. All right. It says this. No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute, sorry, every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, 
And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Look, overcoming trials and vindication are the heritage of God's people. And this is the heritage of all of us at LCM. Look, do you guys agree that all good things start in the law? Yes. Oh, yeah. Let's turn to Genesis 15. Say, hey, don't take my seal as you get there. Come on. Really? Don't then the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years, say 400 years, 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. They will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish that nation they serve as slaves, and afterward, they will come out with great possessions. We pick up here right where we left off on Sunday, punching pigeons and taking a nap. Abraham is receiving the conditions of the promise that God has laid out. God is granting Abraham insight into how this grand promise that he'd been given will come about in the future. Abraham goes from no hope of, of lineage, no hope of descendants, to having descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Say, so that's amazing. But you know what he gets right along with that promise of descendants uh, as numerous as the stars in the sky? They're going to be oppressed. They're going to be mistreated. And I'm going to use that to bring them out of it with great possessions. The Israelites are being promised here to be born out of slavery. That sounds great, doesn't it? How much, you would, like, would you like to be born out of slavery? You, would you like to remain like you were born into slavery? That sounds great, doesn't it? Let's fast forward. Three generations to see how this plays out. Amen. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 1, verse 11. When you get there, say, hey, don't take my seal. All right, so they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and work them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with hard labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. And in all their hard labor, the Egyptians used them ruthlessly. Guys, we see as we pick up here in Exodus that after three generations have passed away, the Israelites are starting to grow and multiply. They're shooting up like olive trees. Pharaoh doesn't like it. Pharaoh don't like it. He don't like it. Did y'all see that they were oppressed with forced labor? Let's get some family participation here tonight. Look. All right, y'all ready? All right, good. Because I'm practicing raising my eyes off this screen and coming back to you guys. So so I'm about to start interacting with you guys. Come on. So listen, listen. Raise your hand if you like to do things that you don't want to do. Y'all listen. Look. Y'all listen good. I phrase that or you in don't only listen. a way I could say that. Right? <laughs> Raise your hand if you like to do things that you do not want to do. No. None of us. Look, saints, whether 
they liked the pressing or not, and they did not like the pressing. They were chosen by God. And they were God's children. And God's children grow in the midst of the pressing. Amen. Look how miraculous this is, guys. The more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. Look, most people think in order for things to play out well in their lives, they need their circumstances to be favorable. They need their circumstances to be to their liking with the least amount of opposition. But we see this clearly in Scripture that the pressure, the oppression during this was something that helped them multiply and spread. But, but look, let, that's talking about them, but let, can I tell you guys a little bit about me? Tell us, talk to us, man. All right, I really want to talk to you guys about me. See, the pressings are showing me what is currently in my life, what needs to be cut off, and what is currently being cut off. So what needs to be cut off and what is currently being cut off. Look, guys, this is a blessing. This is what the pressings do. But I don't always see the pressings as a blessing. Look, sometimes, look, there's some of us here who are going through real trials. I'm talking about trials. Scheduled. Scheduled with dates. Trials <laughs> of all kinds. Say amen, Rob. Yeah, pray, praise God, right? I know I have trials. I got all kinds. Is it all right with y'all if I share with you what's going on in my life right now with the pressings? Okay, great. Bitterness is something that shows up in my life way too often. I say things to myself, and this comes out of my heart constantly. Lord, why do I have to go through this trial? Lord, I'm waiting for this trial to be over. Lord, will you fast forward the date of this trial? <laughs> right? Uh, I share with you this, man. Um, these things are showing up in the time of my pressings right now. You know? Um, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, do you see this trial? Lord, do you know, do you see what's going on? Do you see how long this trial is taking? Of course he sees it. Yeah. The Lord sees everything. You know, this, doesn't, this hasn't caught him by surprise. I, I find myself asking questions like this. Lord, are, are other brothers going through as difficult trials as I am? I know Caleb. Man, I, sometimes I think I got it a little easier than Caleb when I see his life. I'm like, man, I'm glad I got the trials I got. <laughs> But I find Good myself trying to excuse myself of what I must do, what actually needs to be done in my life. And how wicked is this, that I would try to compare my trials with others just so I could find an excuse not to go through the trials the way God called me to. Look, there is no manipulating God. We can try, but when that happens, we just deceive ourselves. Look, he is the God of everything. He allows these presents in my life and in yours. And this pressing is to ensure your sonship with a seal of ownership. Come on, can you guys relate to that? Can you relate to the trials, the pressing that takes place? So can the nation of Israel. In Exodus 1, we learn that the difficulties they experienced was not a mark of death, but a seal of ownership. Oh, say that again, Bim. The pressings were not a mark of death. Yeah. In fact, there were a seal of God's ownership on his people. That's right. Man, when we, when we have 
the eyes to see as the Holy Spirit is revealing these things to us, we can see that God was fulfilling his promise to Abraham in Genesis 15 and also in Genesis 22. In fact, in Genesis 22, he tells him that he will make his descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and, and, and as the sand on the seashore. God is fulfilling his promise to Abraham. And yeah, it, it feels uncomfortable. There's a pressing. There's all these things taking place. But do you see the fruit as a result of it? We can see here in the nation of Israel that in the midst of extreme difficulty, in the midst of extreme pressure, God's people are increasing as a result of it. Church, we do not need easy living. Nope, no. We do not need comfortability. Nope. Think about our lives here at LCM. We have grown and increased the more than we've been pressed. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. COVID hit yeah. the world and we had weddings on top of weddings. Like what, what kind of sense does that make? It's kingdom sense, right? People lived in fear and isolated themselves, and we had babies being born by the dozen. Like, come on. As things were getting darker in the world, the Lord was adding souls into our body. Hey, like, guys hey, like, like Jaron, guys like Red, guys like Damien. The Lord is blessing us as we're going through the pressing because it is a seal of his ownership. Man, what about now? What about presently now here? As a result of the difficulties, church, that you're facing, have you grown more or less? More. more. We've grown more. You, LCM, are the people of God and his seal. Somebody say seal. 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 His seal of ownership is on us. Yeah. Turn with us to Acts 11. Pick it up in verse 19. Say, hey, don't take my seal as you go there. Now, Bill asked the question. I want to make sure that we, that we all got it. Can you honestly really recognize the fact that you actually grow more? You're actually a better person when you're pressed the most, when you're persecuted the most, when you're stretched the most, when you have the least amount of sleep, which causes you to purify, and then you become more godly. <laughs> See, all of these things are for our betterment, but it doesn't always feel that way. Praise God, our feelings don't matter that much. Amen. Acts 11, verse 19. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Mm. Say, first for the Jews. First for the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Say, then the Gentiles. Then the Gentiles. The Lord's hand was on them. Yeah. Almost like he was pressing them and something was coming out. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Wow. See, the church grew as a result of persecution. Yeah. Persecutions are not a problem for God. No. Rather, they're a tool in his hand. That's right. How? How a persecution a tool in God's hand? Well, you have literally cause and effect. They were persecuted, so the gospel spread. Not only to the Jews, but the Gentiles also. Persecutions are not a problem for God's people. My friends, persecutions, pressings are not our problem. That is not our enemy. That is actually the Lord using these things to have something that is pure come out of us. People are being added to the kingdom. His seal of ownership is on display in us. As we are walking through the presence. Yeah. Mm. 
These oppressions are to produce the pure anointing oil for the whole world to benefit from. Yeah. You know this because you love the, the Hebrew language, you love the Hebrew culture, that the first pressing of olives, that was what the anointing oil came from. See, the first pressing in the world brought Israel to us. Yeah. Them going into captivity, God brought them out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Yeah. He literally catapulted them onto the scene from one man <laughs> to millions. But how did he do that? He didn't tell Abraham how he was going about doing it, going to go about doing it. But how did he do it? He did it through the presence. Yeah. Church, the presence are ours. This pressing that Israel endured, this was an imitation to the ever-narrowing way of the kingdom. Yeah. It was his seal of ownership on them. Look, I think of scriptures like Genesis 50, verse 20. It says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Look. Guys, the persecutions in our life, they matter. Amen. All the, persecutions matter. The persecutions show us what, what actually matters to the Lord. Let me say that again. The persecutions in our lives shows us what matters to the Lord. They are used to drive down convictions of the word and have our eyes focused on what is happening now and what is to actually come in the future. Come on, Spence. Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. You're going to want to see this. Oh, yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Yeah, say, hey, don't take my seal when you get there. Love it, Judah. God, that was awesome. Thank you, brother. Now it is good. Now it is God who makes both us and you to stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Come on, Spence. Look, the pressings and the persecutions, they're ours in Christ. Ours. They're ours. And they're forming his character into us. Who wants his character formed in them tonight? I do. Don't let anybody take your seal. It's his, his seal of ownership is on us. We're not going to let anyone steal that from us. No. Not, we're not going to let even ourselves and our thoughts Take that from us. And, and look, we're not going to let our brothers be stolen from either, are we? Yeah. yeah. Man, as we progress through the sermon, say, hey, don't take my seal. Hey, don't take my seal. You guys turn to 2 Kings 19, and we'll pick up in verse 14. All right. Everyone there? Oh, yeah. It says this in verse 14. Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, O Lord God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim that the four living creatures are carrying. You alone are God over all the earth. You, you alone, God, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to insult the living God. It is true, O Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone, fashioned by the hands of men. Now, O Lord our God, deliver us from his hand, so that all kingdoms on earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. 
Man, when we pick up here in 2 Kings 19, we're looking at a dark circumstance. The nation of Israel presently in this, in this story is being taunted by the king of Assyria and the archon that is over him. And what's so interesting about this is as, he's, as the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, is taunting them, he is not making empty threats. If you read this in context, he is laying waste kingdoms. He is burning cities to the ground. He is destroying kings. So he has some, a few victories under his belt. And at this point in verse 14, Hezekiah has received a letter from one of the king, from Sennacherib's commander. And the king of Assyria is trying to dissuade Hezekiah and the nation of Israel from trusting in God. Now, this is Hezekiah. This is the nation of Israel, but we're also preaching to you tonight. What about in our lives when dark circumstances loom over us that have very, very real, very real consequences? When I was reading this with my brothers and I was talking to them last night, and as I was engaging with 2 Kings, I realized that this taunt by the king of Assyria was not the first time that he was speaking to the king, of, uh, king Hezekiah. In fact, in 2 Kings 18, he first sends his commander, and he's saying things like, he's speaking to the nation of Israel, and he's saying things like, do not let Hezekiah deceive you. Do not, let, do not listen to Hezekiah. Do not let him persuade you. Drink from your own cistern. Choose life and not death. All these things. And when I look at my life and I think about the dark circumstances that have tangible, real consequences, when I, when I, when I hear things like do not listen to Hezekiah, you know what I hear in my own life, in my circumstance? Do not listen to your brothers. Do not listen to the life prophetic speech that is coming your way. Do not listen to the encouragement, the affirmation. Instead, Abimbola, drink from your own cistern. Lean on your own arm. Be self-reliant. Trust yourself. These dark circumstances in my life try to sow seeds of doubt, doubt with leadership, seeds of doubt with brothers, trying to steal my unity, transparency, and joy. But church, you know what I have to do? I have to run to the word of God. I have to run to the king. I have to run to my brothers and say, no, I will not give in to this. His seal of ownership is on me. Church, LCM, his seal of ownership is on us. And we have to drive back those birds of prey because we are better than this. And when we look at Psalm 118, this is what David is echoing in verse 10. He says, all the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They swarmed around me like bees, but they died out as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. Verse 13, I was pushed back by this dark circumstances and I was about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. LCM, we want to encourage you tonight that these dark circumstances, these things that try to steal your unity, your joy, your dependency on the Lord, you have to fight back by running into fellowship, by running to your pastors, by running to the word of God, by being in the midst of the body because you are better than this. See church, punch that pitch. Beat that buzzer. As we get back into the story with Hezekiah, we want to talk about something. We want to help you realize something. (laughs) David was never alone. David had men like like Nathan. David had men like like Abishai that were getting it. He had mighty men all around him. So when he's talking about 
cutting off those nations around him. Recognize he's not doing it on his own. You are not doing this on your own. Those demonic thoughts that are seeking to steal your unity and your dependency on your brothers and on the Lord, you don't fight those alone. We run and we do what Hezekiah did. Let's talk about it. What did Hezekiah do? Well, from the, the previous verses, in verses 14 through 19, you can see what he did. He went up to the temple. Yeah. It's always the right thing to go up to the temple yeah. to ascend through the tabernacle. And he spread out the issues at the Lord's temple for all to see. He was not in some quiet Catholic confessional. The door wasn't closed, but he was the only one that is expressing what's going on. He did it for all to see. Now, you may be tempted to say, but Hezekiah, he's the, he's the fearless leader of Israel. I mean, he's the king of Israel. What is he doing right here? He has to show strength. He has to put on face. Show the people that, you know, we, we got this, man. We, I'm, I'm, we got this. That sounded like you from time or two. I know it sounded like me. Are you tempted to show a sign of strength instead of actually being transparent with your brothers, spreading it out before the Lord and the men around you? You tempted to do that? See, Hezekiah didn't do that. He spread out the, Lord, out the, the, the report. He spread out the bad news in the midst of the people. As a result of his transparent prayer, the Lord answered through Isaiah the prophet. See, Hezekiah was showing strength by spreading out before his brothers. He was showing strength by bringing it to the Lord for all to see. And that is what we do in the midst of dark circumstances. See, they're ours. The dark circumstances are ours because the Lord is using them. As we pick up in 2 Kings 19, 20, we're going to see just how he's using those dark circumstances. Amen. 2 Kings 19, 20, and 21. Then Isaiah, son of Amoz, sent a message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayer concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria. Hezekiah is crying out to the Lord, and the Lord sends a brother. Man, can you guys relate to that? Yeah. These dark circumstances in Hezekiah's life and also ultimately the nation of Israel were attempting to rob their dependency on the Lord and each other, trying to steal their unity. Church, are you allowing dark circumstances to rob you of your dependency on the Lord mm. and your brothers in this body? Or the opportunity to watch the Lord come through in the midst of that dark, dark, dark circumstance? Wow. Hezekiah demonstrated strength by glorying in his weakness. Amen. And he couldn't do it yes. alone. He was dependent on the Lord and dependent on his brothers to overcome these dark circumstances. And church, we have to do the same. We get to do the same. Come on. This is our heritage. Man, when we were reading this and studying last night, we realized that all these threats from Senator Sheriff, sending his commanders, all these bad reports, all these taunting, we learned that the Lord is the one who allowed these dark circumstances to take place in the yeah. first place. We read later on in 2 Kings after Isaiah gives him the prophetic word of how God is going to come through. The Lord is speaking through Isaiah, and he is, he is mocking Sennacherib because Sennacherib is saying in his heart, I laid waste this nations. I did this. I did that. And the Lord, the Lord tells him, look, everything that you're saying, long ago I ordained it. Yeah. I allowed you to yeah. let these, I allowed you 
to be able to do these things. Why is that? Because sin sheriff, these dark circumstances are not even a problem for God. Yeah. Wasn't even the point. It wasn't the point. Rather, he is using these things as a tool in his hand, and he uses it in this particular case to cause Hezekiah to be dependent on him and to also to be dependent on his brothers, forging unity amongst them. Man, this is beautiful. So the next time you're in a trial, the next time you feel those real dark circumstances that have tangible consequences, remember, this is not an issue for the Lord. This is not an issue for Yahweh God. He is using these things to forge something inside of you so you can be more dependent on him and the team yeah. that he has given us. Amen. Amen. Guys, did you catch that? Look, the seemingly dark circumstances are ours in Christ. Look, they are forming his character into you and I. This is causing a holy dependence on God and our brothers. This brings him glory, and it puts the ark on to shame. Amen. So don't let anyone steal that from you, not even yourself. And don't let that be stolen from your brothers. Look, let's turn to Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Say, hey, don't take my seal when you get there. Hey, don't take my seal. Verse 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross... And follow me, they, they cannot be my disciple. Look, let's, let's go down to verse 33. Look, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Look. I'm thinking about this breakdown here. But the one thing that I want you guys to carry from this is, look, we're throwing away that old way of life, right? Yeah. That, that old way of life is going away, and we are going to follow the Lord with everything we have. Amen. Now, that old way of life that we're throwing away, is that just a one-time putting off? No. no. He says here that, yes, you must give up and hate even your own life. But that was just like, when you got born again, that one time, you can just accumulate up until that point. No, this is a continual process that Jesus is calling his disciples here to. And we know that, right? We, we know that, that it's a continual process uh, of, of, of laying down our lives. It's a continual process of giving up everything that you have. Scripture says everything to be his disciple. It's a continual process, right? Yeah. Turn with me to Ezekiel 47. Talk to you out of my life for a little bit. Ezekiel 47, verse 5. Say, hey, don't take my seal as you get there. Hey, don't take my seal. So some of you might be familiar with this passage. If not, it's a great passage. Go read it. <laughs> In fact, most of you probably are. This is uh, Ezekiel being shown something. He's being shown this river, this water, and he's being called into deeper and deeper and deeper waters. 
Picking up at verse 5, it says, Again, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim, a river that could not be passed through. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? So he's being called into deeper and deeper waters. And that's what our lives look like as disciples of Christ. To be called to ever increasing, ever narrowing, ever dying, ever increasing sacrifice. And ever increasing love for the Lord that burns out more things out of our life and more things out of our life. So the only thing that is left is the pure, unfiltered love of Christ that is being shown in our actions. That's what Ezekiel being called, is being called to. That's what we're being called to. But remember, I'm talking to you out of my life. Now, to some, this might sound crazy. You want me to walk into a river and drown. It's basically what you're telling me. Like, he didn't see some Exodus action or some uh, Jordan action. He didn't see the waters part. No, it says no man could cross through. But there's something on the other side that he has to get to. I want to tell you in my life what this looks like. When I wake up early in the morning, and I, ha I haven't prayed yet, I hadn't read my word. Man, it sounds like an invitation to drown. <laughs> but to sons who have been marked by the Father, this is an invitation to go and achieve your seal of ownership. It's an invitation to life that is really life. I'm talking about not running away from the deeper and deeper and deeper waters, but running into them, even into your death. Because you know that the Lord can resurrect you on the other side of it. See, in my life, I can be tempted to hear this call out of the wrong ear. Taking the Lord's continual process of showing me areas that he wants me to go deeper. He wants me to go harder. He wants me to be more disciplined. He wants me to bear more weight. If I'm hearing it out of the wrong ear, I can hear that as a, a call to drown. Like, Lord, I can handle this and that, but you want the third thing too? Lord, you want oh, all of this right now? And the answer is yes. You know why? He's putting this seal of ownership on me. See, I could be tempted to think like, man, I'm, I'm losing my life. I'm losing sleep. I'm losing a whole bunch of stuff. You can be tempted to, to, to see that. And you know what? You'd be right. Because I am losing something. You are losing something. You are learning how to lose your life on a continual basis. And that is a sign that you are a son. You know what else we're losing as we press into deeper and deeper waters with the Lord? Deeper and deeper experiences that require more of us. You know what else we're losing? We're losing faithlessness. And in place of that, we're finding life that is actual life. We're becoming like Christ. See, this was an invitation that Jesus was offering to his disciples. This wasn't a barrier. He was calling them to come and taste life that is really life. Yeah. Because you, what you have to give is really nothing in compared to what you are receiving in the kingdom. Yeah. See, this continual process of losing our lives, that's mine. Yeah. You can't take that from me. I am pressing in to lose my life more and more. Oh. I'm going deeper and deeper into the river, and I will come out a purified son of God. Amen. But how do I do that? I do that by myself in isolation, don't I? No. no. 
I do that as I press in with you. So the losing of our lives, that's ours. Don't let anybody take that from you. That is a sign of ownership. That is a seal of ownership that you belong to the king. And you've you've, uh, thrown off this life to receive the life that he is promising in the kingdom. Let's pick up in Luke 9. Check out Luke 9, chapter 23. And I'm just going to read this in the CJB. It says, then to everyone he said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him say no to himself, take up his execution stake daily, and keep following me. For whoever tries to save his own life will destroy it, but whoever destroys his life on my account will save it. Man, as my brothers preaching over there, I move because as we can hear clearly that the losing of our life, it is not a barrier to keep you out of the kingdom. Rather, it's an invitation into the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus is saying here in Luke chapter 9, that we find life as we die daily and we're invited into the kingdom. That is the red carpet into the kingdom is the losing of our life. Check out Matthew 7. We'll throw it on the screen. Matthew 7, 13 says this. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Man, Matthew 7, LCM is reminding us of who we are. Have you, have, are you LCM on the narrow path? Oh, yeah. You've been invited into the kingdom of God, and that invitation is ongoing daily as we're losing our lives. This is the ever-narrowing way. Mm -hmm. It is becoming more narrow day by day. And, man, let's just praise God for the narrowing that is taking place in our lives. Hallelujah! Amen. This narrowing leads to eternal, everlasting life, like the scripture says. This pressing is producing life. And God is putting his seal of ownership on us. LCM, we want to tell you guys tonight, the continual losing of your life, the continual losing of our lives in Christ is forming his character inside of us. It is our invitation into the kingdom. It is producing a patient endurance. LCM, I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to let anything steal that from me and neither should you. We should not let anything steal the, 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 the preciousness of the kingdom that we have been given. And we shouldn't let it be stolen from each other either. As you guys turn to Revelation 3, we want you guys to see something beautiful here. Picking up in verse 10. And as you're turning there, guys, look. The continual pressing, the continual losing of your lives, that is yours in yes. Christ. Man, you get to experience that. That is yours to have. It is a joyous thing to have. It is something that we're seeing Christ formed in us because of it. That is the invitation to the kingdom. It is producing the patient endurance inside of us. And I know that we've said this a little bit, but I wanted to repeat it. Please. Because it's a blessing. Amen. The, the pressing is a blessing. It is a blessing in our lives. And so many times we don't see it that way. Most times... Almost every time we don't see it that way and we need a transformation in our thought and in our heart. We need it. Don't let anyone steal the pressings from you. Don't let it happen. 
Don't even let yourself talk you out of, man, why do I have to go through this? No, God ordained this pressing for you. The last couple of years, everyone in this church has gone through some of the most difficult things anybody could ever go through. Almost everybody in here has been pressed to the point of, man, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. That's the point. You can't make it. Christ ordained it so that his power would help you make it through. We're not going to let anything steal from us. We're not going to let it happen. No. Revelation 3 verse 10. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. The new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Look, the pressing, the dark circumstances, the losing of our lives. It's a continual invitation into the kingdom of God. Church. Hold on to what you have. Don't let it go. Hold on to his seal of ownership on you. Hold on to your daily dependence on him and your brothers and grow in it. Hold on to your invitation into the ever-narrowing kingdom of our God. Because we know this way is ever-narrowing and praise God for it. And we are loving it more and more, aren't we? Look, these things are yours and these things are ours. We get to have these things. When the rest of the world is overwhelmed by difficulties, when the rest of the world are going through trials and they can't do it, the Lord is sitting right above us, LCM, and saying, hey, these are yours, I've ordained it, and you can do it. We're not going to let anyone take our invitation into the ever-narrowing way because it is a crown for all of us here. Turn with us to our final scripture. Acts 14, 21. Brother Spencer is preaching to us. You have something with your name on it. Josiah Micaiah. You have a seal with your name on it. The transformation that's, that's, that's required. The pressing that's required is yours. Don't let nothing take that from you. Ray Ludvigson. The calling on your family. The pressing that God has for you in the future. It's yours. Don't let anything take that from you. No temporal circumstance. No isolation. What God has for you is for you. It's what he is using to bring us into the kingdom spotless. Think about that man that has to cross the river in Ezekiel. He's going to go under that water. And it's going to have to be resurrection power that brings him up out of that water. But he's going to come out. A son of God. And that's what he has for us. In Acts 14, 21, it says, They preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. 
Family. The presence. The dark circumstances. The continual losing of your lives. They're not barriers. They're not disqualifiers. God is equipping you with those. There's an invitation into the narrow way that's going out. And he's calling you. He's calling us. We get to do it together. This is the way that we're going to enter into this. Stand up with me. Isaiah 50 verse 7 says, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. We're going to set our faces like flint. You know what, what flint is? It's rock. It's hard stone. We're not going to run from the presence. Those are making us into sons. Those are our seals of ownership. We're not going to run from dark circumstances. We're going to run into those together, into the storm together. We are not going to run from the losing of our lives. Neither will our children. Neither will their children. We have a heritage. You have a heritage. And it's to become like Jesus is. So we want to encourage you. Don't let anything steal what God has for you. I'm not talking about external uh, thefts. No thought. No low living. No low expectations. Steal what God has for you, Steve Thomas. Steal what he has for you, David Bonham. God has a heritage for the people at this church. Stones right now written with your name on it. And he's saying, take it. Take what is yours. I'm bringing you what you need to be transformed into it. Take what is yours. I want to hear from my brothers. But I love you. We love you. We want to tell you no more. We're not losing any more years. No more lost time. Lord says, take your place where I'm calling you. Jim Elliott said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. LCM, we have so much to gain. As we come down to this altar, let's come down with faith that our God has sealed us with his ownership. That our dependency upon him is increasing on him and our brothers. That we're being invited into the kingdom again and again and again. And the answer is yes, mighty God. We answer the call. Would you guys pray with us? Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, we thank you for the things that are taking place in our lives. Father, we thank you that as we are being pressed, Lord God, you're causing more fruit to come out of us, that the pure anointing oil is coming out of us, Lord God, that it is a sign, a seal of your ownership. Lord, we thank you for how you're breathing upon this body. Lord, how you're shaping and crafting us into the image of your son. Father, we worship you tonight. We say, Lord, the sufferings are ours. The persecution are ours, Lord God. This is our invitation into the kingdom of might of God. And we say yes as we answer the call.